This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome back to Is There Any Money In on the Equity Mates feed. No, I'm not one of your regular hosts. My name is Ed Cavalier. Uh, but joining us, me, nice to see you both again. Thanks, Ed. Okay. Oh, this is a bit of fun. So I'm going today I'm going to be, with your help, doing Is There Any Money In Movies. Okay. Okay. There's a lot to get through. But off the top of our heads, if we had to start, one being, nah, there's no money in it. And 10 being there's stack of cash in it. Where do you boys both land on is there any money in movies? I mean, my feeling is going to be probably similar to a lot of these where at the top end, yes. But I'm going to go there's seven. As a, a seven out yeah, of Yeah, okay. I reckon there's big money in it. All right. No, if man, you right. get it right. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to just copy my friend Bryce over here, but I'm also a seven because I, I think like at the top end, you think of, you know, we're in blockbuster summer and we've got like Indiana Jones, Oppenheimer, Barbie. Uh, in, as, as of recording, Indiana Jones has underperformed massively. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're already in uh-oh territory. Yeah. We've had a couple of superhero movies do nowhere near what they thought it would and one doing well. The uh, results are out as yet on Barbie, but that looks as though it might overperform. And Oppenheimer shot in IMAX at the behest of the director, uh, Christopher Nolan, which means the costs are skyrocketing. And uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, the Tom Cruise vehicle, uh, quite literally. Did you guys know that he jumps off a, um, yeah, <laughs> a, off a, a cliff, cliff on a motorbike? Yes. It's a pretty, it's They've pretty had a epic. year, that's all they got. <laughs> it's pretty epic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is teetering on the uh, maybe, maybe not area. So, Okay, so regardless of how well those blockbusters are going, there's a bunch out. But for my gut feeling, and I'm interested in this, is that your stock standard average movie actually does okay. Like people make money on that. Great. Great way to describe stock standard because that's going to help us today. Because movies fall into a series of different categories that are not genre. There is A, your studio-backed blockbuster that needs to hit $500, $600, 700000000 million to get anywhere near breaking even. That's your Mission Impossibles. Yeah. That's your Marvel films. Yeah. That's the Indiana Jones. That's the Oppenheimers of this world. Then you've got the next sort of level down, which is the one they say is all gone, the mid-budget films. So those are the ones that happened a lot more in the 90s and the 2000s. The things, the things that are original movies that, you, that are not part of a sequel and they're not part of IP and they need an angle in order to try and cut through the various noises that take place. And there's much less of these. There's many, 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 many less of these movies than there used to be. Give it, can you give us a couple of examples so we can... So back in the day, something like your clear and present danger with, in the 90s with your Harrison Ford. Look, it's got Harrison Ford in it. Yeah, Great. Yeah, okay, yeah. wow. But it's based off a book. 
it's a it's sort of roughly a Jack Ryan thing, which is now an Amazon series, yeah, but yeah. it's not okay. But that can do really well. You get I'm going to get down into the most profitable and the least profitable films of all time based on their genre and their budget and their return. So so we can get through some of that. But if we were going to start at the top, what do you think? I'm going to go from genre, and then we're going to oh, I'm going to answer the Marvel question. <laughs> God help me. <sighs> all right, let's. <laughs> Let's start with. Let's go around the room. And we've seen your men's health cover shoot. You could be a. You could be in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be calf man. Um, so they've got. So let's go with. What do you think the highest grossing genre of all time is? Sci-fi. Sci-fi, my friends, is not number one. That. Is not even in the top fifteen. Yeah, wow. rogue from you, bro. Oh, are, yeah, you count, just, are you counting Marvel as? Yeah, I count Marvel as sci-fi. I thought you might. Yeah, but if you're counting, so you're going to say Marvel is part of it, yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, then let's leave that there because that is part of what I want to get to. All okay. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I think if Bryce isn't right, I would say, Probably like, let's one. not overthink this. The big genres, uh, romance, probably. Mm, yeah, rom-com. Comedy. Rom-com no. is seventh. Okay. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. I, I, action. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, like your big blockbuster action films, like your Tom Cruise You've got and it. Stuff. So yeah, yeah, they've yeah. gone adventure and action separately, but they are the same thing yeah. and they are, or they used to be different, now they're the same. Marvel's in that category. They're at one and two. Fantasy. Think, uh, well, no, fantasy gets its own, your Harry Potters, etc. Yeah. That, I think they also throw into that mix as well. This is from The Numbers, which is a very good website, but- it's interesting that they haven't bothered to take those genres out. Yeah. They just call them all adventure. Yeah. And action. So they're one and two. Uh, and this is for the past twenty this is from the past twenty years at sixty six and fifty six billion dollars respectively. Jeez. Then wow. you've got drama, which is used to be that midpoint, just people talking, Richard Gears in a lot of them. <laughs> that's that's a, that's ha- almost half at thirty six. Comedy which is we're going to cover a lot today. They keep saying it's dead, sort of is. $34 billion over the over the, uh, over the the journey. And then we go down to Thriller, $20 million, and Horror, $14 billion. That yeah. is the one that will change. You reckon it'll go up or down? That will take – That I think that will get to third place. Horror. Yeah. Horror takes – especially, you know, we'll get to it, but profitability-wise, yeah. uh, horror yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And now it just flat out beats big – Blockbusters. So one of the Insidious, I think the fifth movie at the time of recording, beat Indiana Jones. That's I, just a, that's just a flat. Well, also, I, that's just a flat foot race. I have never heard of that title before. Well, it's and an Australian who made it, Lee Winnell, who made Saw. Yeah. Uh, he that's what he went on to Insidious. after you saw franchise Insidious. You'll know it when you see it. And incredible results. And as long as Stephen King's alive, they'll never be short of scripts. <laughs> so true, isn't it? Yeah, Stephen King wrote a post-it note. Quick, someone make six episodes out of it. All righty, that's us. Now, when do we want to – should we just address the Marvel thing off the top? Because the inception yeah. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was so, – I thought of you two so much – when I thought, when I heard this, I was Sup- like, "Superheroes, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> Villains who live in bunkers. Um, so I thought, right, this is perfect for them. The whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, as they call it, where the movies are interconnected, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, is the most successful film, whatever you want to call it, group of all time. So it's sort of taken over Star Wars. Star Wars, they argue that the merch, which we'll get to later on, but basically is the most successful of all time, from the first movie to now. 
you know, anyway, we all know how successful they are and have been. And they all put it down mainly to this bloke called Kevin Feige. He is the guy that you often hear is the, uh, the brains behind the whole thing. However, recently, my friends, a man by the name of David Maisel has emerged from the shadows and started doing interviews. As he says, he's got various reasons that he gives, but once you really start listening to him, and when you're a vain media loser like I am, I finally get to it and I'm like, ah, there it is. He was not worried. He was worried he wasn't getting enough credit, which is probably fair enough, right? They always say it's this other guy. He was the original principal of Marvel Studios that got the whole thing going. Right. What if I told you that the highest grossing cinema (laughs) franchises of all time were not based on oh, this will be a wonderful set of ideas. Isn't this, won't this be exciting for fans? What if I told you that it was a venture capital play based on relative profitability of sequels as opposed to originals? Really? What if I told you that it was with characters that are able to be commercially exploited globally? Yeah, we love Disney's business model. For I this thought you'd yeah, love yeah, this. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. this is... <laughs> Not to jump ahead, but yeah. <laughs> so you'll have a grab there. Here is David Maisel on the Tim Ferriss Show talking about his ascent to being the first president of Marvel Studios and how he alone in his room one weekend came up with the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe before they'd made a single film. Take it away. And so I was very focused on Marvel right away. So luckily I didn't have to look at my second choice. I knew I was personally interested in it. And then I had this hypothesis or model at the time, which was, I knew how bad the first movie business was. And you spend, in this case, $100 million on something you hope people show up. Yeah, research can help you a little bit, but very little. It's pretty random. Stars at the time could maybe open the movie, but it's a horrible, not a horrible, but a pretty bad business. But the sequel business was amazing because statistically you could predict the revenues plus or minus something, and you could manage your profit margin, not whether you made profits. And so the big idea I had, which was now is called the universe, was what if after the first movie, every movie after that was a sequel or a quasi sequel, which required all the characters or a lot of the characters to show up in multiple movies. And that led me again to Marvel because I knew about the vast universe of characters and that this would be a perfect way in my mind to make every movie after the first one a sequel or quasi sequel. It came up like over 24, 48 hours that weekend, the whole thing. There's creativity, ladies and gentlemen. So his basic premise is, you know, and he's the executive producer of Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, on until forever, right? Until the sale to Disney, which we'll get to, of Marvel Studios, which he helped negotiate, which he negotiated. Oh, so some of those movies were pre-Disney, like Iron Man? Oh, there you go. Didn't realize that. So what if creativity was getting in the way? What if what we needed for movies was the guarantee that the next one didn't have to have any ideas in it? It just related to the one that you'd already seen. That is essentially where we've got to. His whole idea, if you listen closely, his whole idea of movies is that the problem is the problem with movies is the movies. The problem is that you have to start with an idea and a script and try and get yourself to the point where people might want to go and see it. What if we remove that? What if they're so ingrained to know that there's this one, then you got to watch this one, oh, but then the sequel's this one, then we can house the costs and essentially turn it into episodic television, CSI. 
then that way, there's no way we can lose money. And he was right. Yeah, I think there's an element of survivorship bias here where it's like you, you have an idea, you're successful, and then you assume that the idea was correct. But like... It could have turned to shit. But like we see with Marvel now when like ah, box offices ah, receipts yeah, are falling that right. like the never-ending sequel perhaps D- isn't the end. thing that's true. But everything it. has in Hollywood, everything has an ending in terms of genres and in terms of overall genres. Westerns eventually bottomed out. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. for, for as long as you can run it, you can run it. And this has been the most successful version of that. Now, yeah, getting back yeah. to Disney, there were some uh, machinations, boardroom machinations. They paid $4 billion for Marvel, $4 billion, made it back in two movies. So it was a pretty good investment, two and a half movies. Uh, the, have you read Bob Iger's book? Oh, I most certainly have. Yeah, that's, if people are interested in it, it's a good one. Yeah. They, but he offered them, this guy... Uh, he offered Disney, the company, Marvel, for the whole thing for $200 million. They could have had it for $200 million after X-Men, but before Iron Man and the rest of it started. Wow. wow. Same set of characters, and all of that money could have gone to Disney initially. Wow. Rather than having to go back. Right. So, there's money in Marvel. Big money. Do you guys watch those movies? No, I don't. But one of our best mates is obsessed. Yeah. To the point of... Uh, uh, to the point of treating it like TV, he actually sat his girlfriend down and together they yeah. went back, not only watching See? it in release order, but in chronological, chronological order yeah. as the movies fall in the cinematic universe. Yeah. Which is exactly what this dude wanted you to do. Yeah. And keep, but he prefers if you keep paying while you did it, but that's exactly the point of what he's going to do, what, of what, what he did. Mm. And it worked. And, and, and you're right, there is survivor bias because, but you look at their main rival DC comics, with Batman, Superman, etc., and they always use that as the example of well, they tried, they couldn't do it; mm. they had to keep rebooting things. And that is a fair comparison to yeah. say, okay, yep, that's true. They had this coherent system. You guys have had sixteen Batmans. There yeah. were four in the last movie. It's crazy. They just they, they they had a movie. And they're like, we don't know what to do with it. Put some other Batmans in it. How many Batmans have you got? Well, how many suits have you got? Just keep putting humans in it until someone goes and sees the movie. Isn't that isn't that now with Spider-Man, there's a whole Spider-Verse? It's the best. Yeah. How many Spider-Mans you got? How many do you want? Yeah. I love the idea of Into the Spider-Verse 2. Well, isn't a verse pretty much unlimitless? Why do I have to have a sequel to a universe? Welcome to the universe part two. We'll take your I'm- universe of characters and we'll give you a universe of the same character. Oh, if you like that, you might- <laughs> So, that means that there's money in that. But I know what you really want to do. You want to talk about flops, right? So, let's start talking about some of the most profitable and some of the least profitable films of all time. Because back in the day, when you used to have to come with, come up with what he hated, David, a first-run movie. An idea. I, an idea. <laughs> what a terrible idea. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. One person owns two of the five top grossing movies of all time. Can you guess who that person is? Cameron. There you go. Not Dado, James James Cameron, Cameron yes. Yeah. <laughs> With your avatars and your Titanic. Would, he, would yep. he not have three now? Because even he's lent into the idea that sequels are predictable and profitable. And I was just about to get to that. Oh, sorry, and, sorry. And James Cameron, who rails against Marvel like you can't believe. These aren't cinema. They aren't this. This is crap. 
And the good news is I've got Avatar <laughs> 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7. <laughs> <laughs> and he always says the same thing. I'm just waiting for the technology to catch up. Mm. Say, like, mate, yeah. you made the technology. Yeah. You yeah. can make it catch up. So, anywho, you're right. Your Avatars and your Titanics. But let's take you back in time. There's a great book called The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Um, you know, in 1988, they find the Titanic. They're looking for two Russian subs, secretly the US government, and they're in that part of the North Atlantic or the Baltic, whatever it's called. And the dude who did it and found them, you know, because that was, a, he goes, okay, can, can, can you get your dish before we go? Can I go back down and look for the Titanic? And they're like, what? He's like, I found your subs. Can I go down and look for the Titanic? And they go, all right. And the footage is on YouTube. And down they are, black, black water, black, black water. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There she blows. Wow. Dude finds it, takes it back. Cameron sees it and goes, oh, no, hang on a second. This is me. And he does the whole private sub thing, which, yeah. of course, tragically recently didn't work out. Um, and then he goes down, and he went down, I think, 10 times before he started writing the script. Wow. I don't know what he missed. <laughs> <laughs> Still sank? Still sank. Still sank. Still, sank. <laughs> Still now, there. Now, I need, to, uh, I need to pump up my homeboy, uh, Carlo, who's got a great podcast called Did Titanic Sink? Right, it's a oh, really is this good. The okay. I bet. Do you know what it is? The J.P. Morgan one. The which one? Yeah, the insurance. J.P. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that guy doing an insurance job, <laughs> but not to sink Titanic, to sink the sister ship Olympia, which looks identical to Titanic. Where's the Titanic then? <laughs> You know what? That's a good point. I think they rebadged it, the Fair Star, and it's still out there. So I think it might be the Ruby Princess. Uh, it's got some COVID issues. But, so, but it's a beautiful podcast. And don't look at me like that. Yes, uh, I, yes, no, I no, am no, prone no. to believing so, some so of the these only, things. The only reason I've heard this Here we go. Here we go. We have one mate who we went to uni with, Mang, yeah. who believes every conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, and this is one that he introduced me to. And does, is he, they reckon, yeah, it's on or not? Yeah, yeah. He was, he's ad, he was adamant. I don't know if he still does, but yeah, right. yeah. Well, Carlo will be listening, and I'm with you, man. I reckon it's the Olympia. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. I think it's the Olympia, and I think they meant to sink it uh, much slower the- so that people got off. But Why are we in this? Don't do <laughs> this. Why have you dragged me down? We are on YouTube, which is what they love on this platform. Wouldn't, hold on, hold on. If they meant to sink it slower and people could get off. Because it happened the year before. Wouldn't those people have been able to say... We weren't on the Titanic. We're on the. It said Olympia yeah. on the no, side of the road. No, it rebadged it after the Olympia got damaged. Uh, oh right. Yeah, okay. re- yeah, yeah, yeah. And why would do stop it? <laughs> stop it, is you there two. In conspiracy theories. <laughs> yes, there yes, is. There's so yes. much money. YouTube. <laughs> the irony of that is that this. So who owns YouTube? Google. Uh, right. So the place that's meant to be the keeper of all knowledge in the world makes the most money from maniacs like me on YouTube just saying any bullshit and conspiracy theories. So talk about making money on both sides of the ledger. Here we are running facts on Google, but by the way, we've also got nutbags on YouTube saying whatever we want. Just keep the stock price going. I am a shareholder, I should disclose. In 1996, how much did it cost to make the film Titanic? F*** all, I reckon. F*** all? They built the damn thing. They built it? Yeah, they built a half of it. Then it was wrong they had to turn around and build the other half. Actually? Yes. In 1996. Uh, I'm going to say... Two million bucks. Accounting for Hang on, wait, 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 wait. No, no, like... Come on, man. 100 mil. Yeah. Do you not know how much movies cost? Do you know how much... I'm, I'm about to find out. There are, <laughs> there are episodes of 
Let's name a TV show. There are episodes of The Biggest Loser that would have cost $2 million. No, put it this way. The Friends cast, didn't they get like a million dollars an episode each? Yeah, they renegotiated. The first cast to all get a million dollars each. So a yeah, Friends episode was at least six mil just per episode. Just but on the James Cameron costs. movie <laughs> that's three hours long from 1997. You could have done the whole thing in one room in a studio. Oh my God. <laughs> this guy is not a. Studio. You know what? You this are destined serious. to be a studio head. That is the perfect <laughs> attitude. You could run Marvel. He, he is a media executive. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is. You know what? It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Fine, two hundred million. Thank you. You're right. Nice. <laughs> Just testing you guys. Jesus Just testing. Christ. So at the time, thank you, Chuck Closeman's great book, The Nineties. It was thought to be. It was going to be a disaster. This movie, because the other thing it did is the running time is over three hours, mm. which means you could only show it once a night. Which means you couldn't get two screenings a night. James Cameron himself said in privately, and then it got leaked into interviews, he thought the film would lose $100 million. This guy was all in. He was making them eat real caviar on the takes that they were eating caviar on the boat. That's cool. That is... What do you mean cool? (laughs) Cool start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now you're on. Now, now you're on board. This yeah. is, that's why it cost two hundred million. Well, yes, it's stuff like that. However, it took three billion at the box office, right? Over time, plus other things, he's made his cash. Add yourself some other another two and a half for you for your Avatar. James Cameron is well ahead of the curve. Mm. It's up there as now maybe one of the most uh, profitable movies of all time, which at the time wow. seemed staggering. They put a lot of it down to just the fact that people liked Leonardo DiCaprio because you couldn't go and watch it pirated online. It was the last blockbuster in that time where you literally just had to keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up. And I worked in a video store for all of the 90s and part of the 2000s. I don't know if it's still there. I'd have to check. It's not. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, (laughs) It's an Amazon filling station now. Uh, Thank you, Civic Video on New South Head Road and Old South Head Road. My home is there. And I remember when Titanic came, we could not have – there was no amount of copies of Titanic you could put on the shelves that was enough to satisfy demand. Really? It was incredible. It was never – I still to this day cannot remember anything. And and at that time, people would steal the videos because, Mm -hmm. you know, they wanted them. Guess how much we would charge their credit cards for a video cassette at that time? Uh, uh, Two million. God help me. (laughs) (laughs) 110 bucks. 110 bucks for a VHS because that's what they charged us. $110 for a VHS to rent. Wait, who charged you that? The company. So Universal, whoever it was, or Fox, or whoever it was at the time. I was selling you the... Our our cost for those videos was $110. Should have just nicked down to JB Hi-Fi. They didn't have them then. (laughs) (laughs) We had a thing called uh, Brashes. No way. Whatever. Does it make make you feel old that your kids won't understand that story at all? Video shops, VHS? No, because I look at the media that they've got and I'm like, it's going to make them feel old when they have to try and tell people that there used to be a thing called TikTok before it got shut down. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be phones before yeah. we got chips in our before- <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's talk profitable. Do yeah. you want to know uh, one of the most pro- one of the biggest the biggest flops of all time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Jungle Cruise, turning red. Mars needs moms. And Mulan, what do all of those movies that lost more than $140 million each have in common? 
Animated? Nope. Oh. Um, um, shit names. <laughs> they are all Disney productions. No way. Oh. So Disney's had a big issue over the journey, where which is why they were so keen to get in bed with Marvel. And this is the argument for that dude, David's hypothesis. The argument is that you can go, who wants to see a movie called Turning Red? What is it? Who wants to see Jungle Cruise? It's based on a ride at Disneyland that worked when it was Pirates of Caribbean 30 years ago. What's that? Nah. They had to keep trying to restart the machine every time and just keep losing 100 million. I thought Mulan was successful. The recent one, 2020. But, right. but let me... It's just their own remake of themselves. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like there's a... The, the argument against that is like, look at what they did with Pixar. Every... Until recently. So Pixar's fallen off the same cliff. Yeah, yeah. They're having the same issues with Pixar. So their acquisitions, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars. Lights out at the start. There has not been a Star Wars... There won't have been a Star Wars movie in cinemas for seven years by the time the next one comes out, if it comes out. Yeah. The wheels have fallen off the Star Wars train in cinematic terms. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like Toy Story universe. Well, they ruined... Toy Story universe. Yeah. Yeah. Get that going. So, what about this one? How much money did the sequel to 2014's TMNT, TMNT Out of the Shadows 2016. TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles. Turtles, Out of the Shadows 2016. How much money did that lose? Oh, well, uh, Bryce will say two mil. (laughs) Yeah, of course he will. (laughs) I'll say a hundred mil. It lost, have a guess. Um, oh, it's like, 200 it's, million It's a cartoon Like yeah. it can't have that How much cost that much Animated So it was people in suits And then animated over the top Right oh, really? It lost 75 million dollars And why do I bring it up Because I was almost in that movie No way <laughs> Got down to me and one other guy To play Donatello In those movies Really Yeah Really And they, the deal was That they would redo your voice So you were just a dude in a suit like you were the... You know, oh, you're like in a morph suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah, like yeah. the West Tigers mascot walking around Leichhardt <laughs> Oval giving high fives. And they redid everyone's voice. And the deal was disgusting. I earned more from one KFC ad than I did. I would have been in for three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Even though would they lost be 75 mil. Well, that's why I'm bringing it up because f*** them. <laughs> <laughs> would there have been a share, share on rent? No, no, no. No, no. no. Share, no. share on piss off. Is what they <laughs> yeah, get. right. So, now, the most expensive... <laughs> share on loss. They- <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a meal. <laughs> a meal. <laughs> All right. The most expensive uh, special effect ever. Single special effect. Mad, Mad Max or whatever it is. No, no, we'll get to, well, we can do that all day if you want because okay. he makes real films, Dr. George, where okay. actual things take place special in real effects. time. Most expensive, um, like one of Disney's. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I was going to say a Star Wars special effect in one of the latest movies. No, it's your. Uh, it's some of the mapping in Avatar, whatever that means. So some uh. of them have the water. Mapping to get it to the point where it looks like real water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That process, most expensive thing that's ever taken place. How, how wow! Much? It w- no one will say. Oh, okay. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So uh, let's go to most profitable. <laughs> <laughs> Budget, $27,000. Year, 1994. Oh, My favorite movie, Clerks. Shot by Kevin Smith in the place where he worked on a black and white camera for $27,000. Profit to date, only $10 million. However, the wow. reason I bring it up is it was one of the last times, you know, they always say, oh, just go out and shoot something, man. Shoot it yourself and, and you know, that doesn't work. It yeah. never happens. This is one of the only times it's ever actually taken place from twenty-seven grand. To over $5 million. You guys are into investment. That's pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Great return. Great return. I love when you guys say return. All right. <laughs> now, <I> like. <laughs> how about a genre starter? Halloween, the original one, oh, 1978. Yeah. They finally managed to kill him last year, right? They've had about 50 goes. It's one bloke in an overall. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot him in the face. Does anyone have Especially a gun? Especially in America. They're in America. <laughs> no one's got a firearm. <laughs> Go figure. It's an, N- it's an NRA I propaganda know, It's in the tool. South, too. It's in the South. What are we going to do? I've got an idea. I've just been to Walmart. I've got 100 guns. So, righto. Budget, three, $325,000 in 1978, the year before Star Wars takes us to the moon. Mm. What do you think it made? 1978, $325,000. Adjusted for inflation. No, this is in dollars, those dollars. Five mil? Yeah, it's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, ten mil, seventy million US dollars. That's heaps in the seventies. That's great ROI. Thank you so much. (laughs) And that is when they work out. Oh, hang on a sec. This horror thing, something might not have to be the second feature on a drive-in. Yeah, yeah. This could be something that rivals. So genres start getting born. Genres only get born, I read this, I can't remember where, Empire somewhere, where when there's a breakout hit that other people feel they can then copy. So Star Wars starts the in 79 with the sci-fi adventure. Oh, hang on, that could be something that we could do forever. Halloween. I know there's been ones before it. I understand that, and Quentin Tarantino is very good at telling us all about them. But righto, hang on, a few people in a cabin, cool soundtrack. And that continues to this day. Our very good friend uh, Lee Winnell and James Wan, who made the Saw film, remember Saw, which was a yeah, 2004, yeah. which was a student film that they blew up into <coughs> seven mm. seven yeah, sequels. Yeah. James is now the executive producer of Fast and the Furious, so he's struggling. And then Lee, <laughs> Lee is now Insidious. He went on to do Insidious, which most recent chapter we just spoke about, mm. just beat Indiana Jones at the box office. Yeah. Horror is dollar for dollar by far. Your best bet if you want to make money in from, a, so pro- we from a profitability point of view. Exactly right. So long horror. Long? Uh, like- just investing term. <laughs> <laughs> Go long. Go long, as in back it in for the invest long. Invest long in horror. Yeah. You heard yeah. it here first. Opposite of short. <laughs> short. Is- Can I take some of these awards? 
<laughs> Why do I feel like these are going to be revoked? <laughs> Let's go Australian. You brought him up. Dr. George Miller, Mad Max, 1979, yeah. Australia. Budget, $200,000. Mel yep. Gibson, a hashtag nobody. Just come out of NIDA. American guy, good face. Let's give him a swing. Uh, Dr. George putting cameras on cars, driving at full pace, just out in the various highways of Australia. I spoke to one of the cameramen. I was doing a Toyota ad once, and one of the dudes, I was just, I just always talk to the crew about what you've, you know, what they've done, especially if they've got grey hair. Always ask grey-haired crew members nice. what they've been up to, especially if they look bored, which means they've been around ages. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, mate, talk me through it. What, what was your first job? And he goes, what? I go, talk, what was your first job? He goes, oh, that's fucking Mad Max. I go, what was your job? He goes, Dr. George stuck me to the front of a car with a camera. Wow. And I was, like, I was like, that's your shot. He's like, that's my shot. Wow. Yeah, amazing. And now, yeah. Well, no wonder you'd be bored going from that to doing How dare you? Rats, How so. dare you with me? How dare you? <laughs> so I, I've, uh, I've been out to Silverton where they yeah, filmed baby. it. It's pretty epic just seeing all the old school stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Righto. Budget, 1978, $200,000. Profit. So it, it went big. 100 mil. 100 mil. Cracked yeah, America. Yeah, called yeah, Road yeah. Warrior. Yeah. Did you say 100? Yeah. 99,750,000. Jeez. Come on. This is 1979. Couldn't crack the 100, though. Yeah, shit they ass. They would have been paid. Yeah, pointless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, finally. Now we're going to do the top three of all time. Profit. Profit. Yeah, profitability. Okay. Profitability. At three, 1972. Deep Throat, the first adult film. Yes. And only adult film to make this list. Really? Yes. yes. Budget. <laughs> you know 20, yeah, 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 I do. This is the one that Harriet always makes her joke about, that she, it, they studied it in gender studies at uni and the lecturer said, go home and watch Deep Throat or, you know, watch this doco. Um, it's called Deep Throat and she went home and watched it with Lucy, watched the full porno mm -hmm. and came back and realized they were meant to watch the documentary about the making awesome. of deep throat. <laughs> That's fantastic news. And they were like, why are we watching this? And that's the story. Wow, there you go. So, so I'm just writing that down as an excuse. It was for <laughs> yeah. a, a university. Sorry, it was a gender studies, gender studies documentary, documentary about the making of right. 25 grand budget. This is Deep Throat. Yeah, in 1972 money, so much made 23 million bucks. Wow. So Took a punt. What if it was like sex and that and we put it on at the cinema? Got to remember, at the cinema. Mm. So, wait, it wasn't at uh, like its own adult theatres. It was at... It was at adult theatres. Yeah. Sort of people wouldn't show it. You couldn't show it in the South. They would get annoyed. You couldn't show it here. You couldn't show it there. And they would sort of sneak in late night showings and this and that. You know, 72. It's made $23 million yeah. in 1972 off 25 grand. Wow. So. Uh, 25 grand. Yeah, 25 grand. So, Blair Witch Project. Remember this? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but, you know, it's iconic. Got to remember this was 1999 where the internet was around, but it wouldn't ruin everything immediately. So, people could still think, was it real, was it not? If you don't know what it is, it's a it's a handheld film. It said the 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 advertising was five students go into the bush and they got lost and were never seen again. But we found the footage of them looking for this Blair Witch and the foot this footage a found footage movie is what was on at the cinema. And I was like seventeen, and I remember thinking, I thought it was real. Really, I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. 
Because they wouldn't let the actors do interviews. I've heard interviews with the actors saying, really? you people don't exist. That's you, you don't do anything. They didn't have a director as such. They just had people who, quote, found the footage wow. and now put it out. It sold at a festival in Cannes, I think. And then they were sm- they kept the secret for the most part. I respect the, yeah, wow. the hustle. Like, yeah, it was I respect amazing. The, yeah. the overarching, we're going to really have a crack at. Yeah. It's this found footage. Yeah. And now think about all the paranormal activity. There are so many mm. catfish. There are so. This is another one that launched yeah, a genre from yeah, success. Yeah, yeah. And I, honestly, I remember when it came out thinking, and then I saw it and I was like, this is a movie. But they cracked it. Mm. Righto. How much? 60 grand budget. And I've read, places, I've read places where they say that's high. I've read places where that's them going back and pretending they paid the actors and it was possibly under that. So it's, it's the old financed on credit card number. It's got to be over 60, 60, 60 or 70 million to, to beat the Yeah, because it's, it's the last. Yeah, exactly. So probably let's call it 100 flat million. 99? Yeah. Uh, $250 million. Whoa. Whoa. In 1999. Yeah. Which leads us to the most profitable film on budget versus return. And yes, I'm, if I don't know anything about Bollywood, I, I'm talking about English language. Films as we know them. I accept that there could be a, a Slovenian found footage horror that I don't know anything about, and good luck to them. The, cha- the challenge is though that the English language market is the biggest spending market, so you there probably you go. there. You yeah. Go. Okay. Paranormal Activity, a direct, really, a direct child of Blair Witch Project, but this time in two thousand and seven. So eight years later, eight, uh, eight years, eight, yeah, eight nine yeah. years later, stuck. Bought at a festival by Jason Blum, who went on to who's Blumhouse, who's Get Out, and every horror film you've ever seen. You know all the big horror films now; mm-hmm. they're all him. Blumhouse. It's all the same guy. This guy called Jason Blum, right? He is a young executive. Sees this, goes, "This is it. This is my chance to strike out." Buys it, convinces Paramount to get behind it. Basically, does a little bit of reshooting, but not really. And then away they go, and it's glory everlasting. Budget. 15 grand. This is what? literally wow. shot in people's house. It's, have you seen it? So it's a found no. footage movie about a child who is possibly possessed and a house that's possibly possessed. And it couldn't... It, it, the cameras in this room are better than the cameras they use to make this film. That's so, 100% the case. Oh, profitably, like... 15 grand, they didn't touch it. They fixed up a little bit of sound. 15 so grand. So f- from a percentage point of view... It could earn less than the others. Yeah, it could. Yeah. So it could be fifty million, and it's still probably. Oh no, you'd you'd need. I'm going to say one fifty mil. Mm. Have a guess, Mr. Bryce. Um, one fifty one. <laughs> I love when people do that. One hundred ninety five. Uh, wow, yeah, you were closer. <laughs> and, and, and has and spawned five sequels. Yeah, all yeah, of them yeah. massively profitable. Lee Winnell once told me that the on the Saw movies, he wrote they wrote and directed the first one. They wrote, I think, the second one. Can't remember if they didn't direct it. <laughs> we interviewed him once. We were talking in, in a song. Lovely guy. I go, mate, by the time Saw 7 rocked around, what did you do? He goes, oh, it was great. He goes, mate, I just had a, uh, you know, obviously we're still getting, you know, a kick of it. He goes, I was sitting, uh, sitting there with my laptop uh, just looking for um, retro T-shirts that I wanted to buy online. <laughs> and they were filming and every now and again, they go, hey, Lee. I go, yep. And they go, would you reckon he'd kill him with like a shovel or an ice pick? And I go, ice pick. And they go, thanks, Lee. I just go back to my t-shirts. Wow. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so does the money go to the producer? Is that the first If you own the bucket? IP. Yeah. Yeah. If you own the IP and you're smart early, it's glory everlasting. That's why there's so many things that are tied up in weird rights issues. So sometimes Batman for ages disappeared. 
because it was like, hang on, who and or, or if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. So you have to make a Spider-Man film, otherwise you lose it. Well, isn't that and the thing with Spider-Man that like they sold the rights to Sony, Sony for, some for too long? And yeah. then this guy David was one of the first. For the guy from Marvel was one of the people saying, "Can we play? Hey Sony, you're not going to make a movie, are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, can we have it back? No. Nah. And they finally talked them back into doing a co-pro and then getting it back. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if we want to make a genre-defining movie and we do it, is the best place to get that in the flow uh, to go to Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> well done. Good try. I really appreciate you even bothering to try. So, um, just, <laughs> well, Reese, can I, can I throw something in there? Because two Australians have just done it. Two TikTok stars, the makers of Racka Racka. They were comedy TikTok stars. They made a film with some help called Talk To Me, which is, about, which is a haunted hand movie. It goes overseas. It gets sold for an enormous amount to A24 at a festival. It's now about to have its worldwide release and they are now directing the new Street Fighter film and they're under the mentorship of Jordan Peele who made Get Out. So it still can it's work possible. to this day. Mm. So it's still a path if you want that to be the case. Danny and Michael That's Filippo. Them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're from Adelaide. And honestly, you watch it, they were, two years ago they were doing Ronald McDonald sketches at, at McDonald's. Do you have to sell the finished product or did they sell the concept no, at the this, festival? No, this type of thing you need to make you need people to need to it. see it yeah. and they go, this is going to work. The other way, that And then you- do they redo it? Like, no, or no, it's no, just, this is it. The other yeah. way you can do it is to package your film. So often you'll see at film festivals, there's the film market. And I've been to one, the American film market. I went to it once in LA when a mate of mine had a film there. And you walk past and you see, wow, Nicolas Cage is a dragon hunter. And you go, cool, when's it out? And you, and you I go, do. And he goes, no, shut up. They're looking for people to, they've got Nick Cage attached. Oh. And they're looking for international territories to give them money to see how much the budget will be to see if they can make it. So they'll go over, if I'm Bulgaria and I've got the Bulgarian, I'll go, all right, I'll give you 10 grand for the Bulgarian rights. Great, 10 grand from Bulgaria. What about you? It's like Eurovision. You go around collecting with the hat. No yeah, and you make up the money in foreign sales before the movie is made and that gives you your budget and that gives you a profit before you shoot a frame. So They're called so- geezer teasers so right now if you look on any streaming service and you know bruce willis isn't very well but he bruce willis probably made more films in the past three years than he did in the past 40 years because he was just attached to them all he would come out and it was a million dollars for one day of bruce willis and you had to get all of the shots of bruce in one day so if you watch them and i do not a lot of shots he'll sit at the table (laughs) and he'll nod and they'll shoot it from a hundred different angles and he does it with an earpiece well i know because he had his health issues but there are other guys who do it the same way where you get them for a day you get as much and then you can put them on the poster and you can sell it internationally and make a profit. No way. And around and around we go with Dolph Lundgren, Bruce Willis, these sort of that era, that era of dude, you can do it with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he's more highbrow. He won't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with those movies, surely you need like a Paramount or a someone big to at least anchor with the US. No. Or you can just get it with like bits and bobs. So if you rights. now go right now, go to Bruce Willis's IMDb. And we're going to play a game called Seen It or Heard of It. Uh, nice. So you're playing a game with a guy who just doesn't get yeah, pop culture. Sorry, actually, so. can we swap, please? Bryce, can okay. you go to Bruce oh, Willis's? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ren and I will take this Bruce game. Who? Bruce who? Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Moonlighting. Does that help? Um, so Bruce Willis, IMDb. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, we're just getting a bit of internet here. Yeah, a bit right. of internet lag. Bruce. I also am now realizing that I've kind of stitched myself up and I'm not going to... Anyway. Okay, we'll so... Um, Let's read from the top down, from the most recent down, and the year, please. Okay, I just need to... Uh, 
just need to um, clear my search Actor. history. Okay, previous. Oh, my goodness. Okay, ready? <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. this... What, you just want me to read, read Give down. Me the top from 2023. The most... Yep. Assassin. Anyone? No. Detective no. Night Independence. Anyone? No. Detective Night Redemption. Oh, that sounds good. No. Paradise City. No. Detective Night Rogue. How many Detective Night Are we all in 2023? No, we've just hit 2022, but so he's got a load sh- in 2022. How many? So let's keep going in 2022. So 2022. Detective Night Rogue. Yeah. Wire Room. No. Wrong Place. No. White no. Elephant. No. Vendetta. I'm going to stop saying no. Correct, corrective <laughs> Measures. Okay. Fortress. Sniper's Eye. A Day to Die. Gasoline Alley. No. That closes out. <laughs> that closes okay. out 2022. So there you go. So that's so all, so there's the 150 last, more of them. So in the last two years, he's made close to ten film, ten to twelve films, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, look, we know he's got his health troubles or whatever, but he was still working up to that point yeah. where you would get him for a day. Now that you know, it's a really good trick in there. You notice the detective night colon, and there were three movies. Yeah, yeah. I bet you any money all day. They got him for three days. Yeah, three different movies. No way. Yep. I bet you any money. And so when we're saying like he's in them, it's not like he's the main yes. character. You have no idea how well it's incredible. It's how much footage, how much they get out of. You're saying he is the main character in these movies. A lot of the time, he is the phone calls. He's always on the phone, or he's here, or he's looking at screens, or oh what. It's incredible God. how much Willis. He's footage. the he's the lead character, Detective yeah. James Knight. But they'll oh, put him at the top oh. anyway, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Yeah, they'll put him saying. at the top anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. That is an incredible genre. Of or and a way to make money. Just a lot of um, shooting shots, I imagine. No, because that would make because then because well, then you could, then someone else has got to die. It's, you're much better off having him on the phone, giving yeah. directions, hacking. Right. I have things. seen too <laughs> many of these. So that's a way to make money. So what's all this? Uh, the movie business is so hard. What you're telling me is they can bang a movie out in a day. Well, <laughs> we should do this. Well, we should go to one of these markets with an idea. Oh, well, I was actually oh thinking. God. Oh, hold on, I've got. Why are idea. you ruining the end of my podcast? Spoiler <laughs> alert. Let me suggest this one. Maybe we pitch a remake of Deep Throat and attach Bryce to it. Bryce and Bruce Willis. Bruce, this is slightly different to what you normally do. But I only need you for a day still. <laughs> need you for three minutes. So, um, gentlemen. All right, there we go. So, that is called the geezer teaser. Here's a question for you. As we rapidly approach towards the end, other ways to make money on movies. What do these three films have in common? Kiki, Love to Love from 2016, Le Fantasme from 2021, and The Little Death from uh, 2015 Australia. What do those three movies all have in common? Exactly the same movie translated to different markets. Close. Australian film, The Little Death, made by my homeboy Josh Lawson, and Kiki, Love to Love, and Le Fantasmes are foreign language remakes. Another way to make money is have a great idea for a film that you can then sell the concept for around the world. Mm. That is, and one of those, I think Kiki Love to Love was like the highest grossing comedy, the Spanish comedy of the year. Right. And so many films are adaptations, like True Lies, the classic you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis movie. That was an adaptation of a French one, The Departed, you know, that uh, the Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was Infernal Affairs. Infer- have you ever seen Infernal Affairs? Never. It's a Korean movie. And you watch it and you're like, Far out. It's almost, this is shot for shot. Oh, really? It's not shot. You know what I mean, but though. Yeah, yeah. But a lot more movies than you think are remakes of foreign films that we just didn't know about or were so small that people didn't know. So that is another way that we could think to make a, an original idea 
and then resell the idea. That's a way to make an original movie. If the idea is strong enough that other people will want to do it. Mm. So, but you're right. I know it's hard to have an original idea. Who can be bothered? Um, so, <laughs> all right. Now, merch. Let's just quickly do merch. Uh, deep throat merch still available. What? It's still available on eBay, but you may want to wash it. So, according to <laughs> Wikipedia, which franchise has the highest merchandising ever? So, Star Wars. Thank you so much. Forty-two billion dollars of merch and counting. What? Ticket sales are a quarter of what the money Star Wars has made at a paltry ten billion dollars. Wow. And of course, because George Lucas's father owned a toy shop, George Lucas knew back in the day, don't pay me to direct. What about if I kept the, the, the rights for the toys? Yeah. Okay. What about this fucking idiot? What's the rights for the toys? What no toys? Yep. 42 billion Boom. worth. Wow. Way he goes. Wow. Way wow. he goes into the sunset. All right. Netflix. Mm. Let's talk about mm. Netflix movies. Mm. Because Netflix went through a stage of paying enormous overall deals to filmmakers to see what they could get out of them. And have you guys got any intel on Netflix? Is what, it going to go broke want? tomorrow? No, it's, no, it's, it's cash flow positive. It. It's, it's, it. it's actually made it work, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What? Because it was packing on so much debt. It's but cash flow as a business, positive. It's stunning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I hate it at the moment. I just think I just think there's, deep too, there's, there's too much crap on there now. Yeah, but that's crap. That's no, no, but that's model. what they. Yes, yeah. you've, I know. you've it's just worked, you've yeah. worked out what they've realised that crap is the business model. Yeah, but and a torrent. Yeah. It's going to. It's losing me. Torrent of mm. crap. Mm. I also yeah. think they are now waiting to see what other places do and then quickly copying it. So I think it's also just like let's not. Let's not die. Some of our competitors are going to die, and let's not be one of them. It's attrition at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Paramount Plus the best. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they made. I, I love whoever <laughs> options is their money in as a TV show. We both. My love oh. is for sale. <laughs> we all know that Brickbox has made an offer. So Netflix made one of the biggest movie deals with Adam Sandler. Oh, this was ridiculous. Two hundred and fifty million dollars for guess how many movies? It was like seven or something. Wasn't you it? wish. Oh, four. Wow. Oh, four. Right. Let's play a game of Have you heard of the movies that they made? Okay. Now, Murder Mystery was a huge with, Netflix uh, hit with Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Right, and yeah. they made a sequel of that. It was the you'll love this. It was the most popular movie in 2019. Their figures. And the single most watched piece of content on the Netflix service in the US, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, Singapore, and the UAE. That to me feels worth it. Have either of you watched it? I've seen it. I haven't seen it. It's good. In terms, she is amazing, great comic actress. Mm. And Adam Sandler's Adam Sandler. It's good fun. Yeah. It It feels like he tried. It feels like he went, you know what? <laughs> You'd hope so. And put a pin in that <laughs> You'd hope because so. that's going to become a relevant comment with some of these other ones. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Stop me when you've heard of any of the other movies that Netflix paid Adam Sandler for $250 million for. The Ridiculous Six. Nope. A Magnificent Seven remake. Yeah. The Do-Over. No. I don't even know what that was. Sandy Wexler. No. Terrible movie where he was playing an agent. Terrible film. The Week Of. No. And then The Murder Mystery. And here's the kicker. A stand-up special called 100% Fresh. No way. One of the things he hasn't done for 20 years. That went massive for them. That really? was a huge driver. 
They would have got their value just from murder mystery. From their perspective, I reckon they would have thought, yep, we got money, we got our money from murder mystery and 100% fresh, and the other things were a bonus. Can I? Can we just defend, uh, give uh, Adam Sandler his dues? I'm a, um, I'm a Sandler guy. Uncut Gems, mm. epic movie. Well, he didn't make that. He was just in it. Oh, still epic movie. Yeah, good movie. And uh, what was the one where he was the basketball agent recently? Um, uh, that is called The Hustle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Also epic movie. Yeah, but you're doing his two dramas. Oh, well, sorry. I just, you know, I'm just trying to both sides. Made by other people. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, so, all right. That's it. So, what do we do? Before we say what we do, is there any money in movies? Where do you sit now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I stay stay the same. But I, I, I don't think-, think my question at the start has been answered, which is like your stock standard ten million. I just spent an hour trying to tell you that there was no such thing as that. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that what you're That's saying? That's gone. Yeah, okay. Mm. As a idea, that is gone. Well, let me. Let you me- either go massive, massive and yeah. sequelized horror idea that can travel or suck suck Netflix in to making a load of shit. So what about like will an Australian movie ever be in cinemas again? Then based on that, like it's funny you bring that up. They do all those b- boutique tours, don't they? Aha! So they do do a boutique <laughs> tour, but look, Australian film. Sh- I want it to go really well, but for the most part, not the most part. A lot of it is for a niche audience of award enjoying. Fairfax readers, yeah, that have no relation to the retail media. Mm. This is why I'm excited about this uh, talk to me, this Australian horror slash comedy movie, because I'm like, this feels like a movie where they're aimed at audiences. But let's not forget, Mad Max is coming out next year. That's mm. an Australian film. Mm. That hopefully is a global mega hit. Mm. So I'm. So would you say you are bullish or bearish on film in general? Bullish. So am I. Yeah, I'm really bullish on film. <coughs> really? Yeah, really. Oh, but bullish. not. But cinemas as well. I didn't say that. Oh, that, I was just clarifying. No, I'm really bullish on movies. Cinemas, I think, will have will just adjust their business model. Yeah. Varied ticket pricing, different promotions, more experiential. More yeah, of a night I, th- out. I think, like, imagine what's going to come when we really start getting this Apple Vision Pro stuff going. Like, it's going to be a whole new world. Well, that is the other. It's a whole, whole yeah. new world. Imagine like, how much James Cameron. James, exactly. So pumped. Cameron will He's be pumped for this. There's going to be movies that make, yes. that create incredible experiences. You are now in the car with Vin Diesel for Fast and Furious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Choose your ang- choose you, your choose, character. That's right. And can imagine uh, Deep Throat is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what do we do? If I, All right, that's it. Bad luck, you two. You're now movie producers. And from what I've said to you there, just from money... You have to come up with something, a film yeah. or a type of film that you would say, okay, we're going to try and make that to try and make money. Bryce, what are you doing? We go to this market with a horror attached to Bruce Willis. But he's not working, so a someone in that world. Yeah. So Nick Cage, Bruce Willis, someone like that. Yeah. So we've got a low-budget horror. Yeah. We've got this person here. Yeah, that's how you do it. You know what? That is in- intensely viable. All right, Ren. Uh, a shot-for-shot remake of Kenny... With Virat Kohli attached as the leading man. Look, that also... Sorry, a Bollywood shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would sell. It's not bad (laughs) because the first half of Slumdog Millionaire is sort of that. So that is a... you know, Because he cleans... He's in the toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's harder to sell, but I think it would work. And I'm sure Mr. Jacobson would like the cash. What are you going to do? 
I'm doing the exact opposite. Okay. So I am. I can't help it. I like comedy. I've done it years ago. We self-funded a comedy. We sold it to Channel Ten, which was great. But I'm give it a plug. It's called Scumbus. You can't find it anymore because some of the jokes haven't aged well. <laughs> um, it was gender studies. They wouldn't get through the first two minutes. It would be a riot. Fair um, call. So, <laughs> but um, I can't help it. I like really low budget ensemble comedy that I think has audience, but with a different release model to the one that we have outlined. I think. Let's leave that there. Like nice. that, I can't help myself. That's what I'm doing. Right. Love and, it. and when you say you so, are doing it. I've done it. I've already done I've done the script live in front of audiences a couple of times in order to work it up. But the Marx Brothers used to tour their comedy scripts in order to get them tight so they knew what was funny and what wasn't. So I've done this script three times, so I know what works and what doesn't. And now we're into the next bit. There you go. Nice. Well, we'll, well let's leave. Yeah, let's deep leave. throat. And it's, <laughs> the crowd loves it. <laughs> you have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.